Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, we talk Red Raiders and Bayou Bengals as Tech hits the road to take part in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Also, a painful, humbling, character-building kind of question from the audience and our guy Patrick Mahomes back at it this weekend. We're talking playoffs next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech. Your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through Lubbock. Great to be back with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. YouTube, anywhere you get podcasts. We're always glad to be your first listen each Weekday and today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Chris, we are uh, wrapping up the week, looking ahead to the weekend and kicking off this show with, yes, brace yourselves. A few basketball thoughts because there is another game going down and one that actually must include a win for someone. We're talking about a team. In LSU, that is uh, what lost, I think, seven straight. Texas Tech going eight straight. One hasn't won since December 28th. One hasn't won since December 27th. This is the matchup of the movable object and the stoppable force so far, Chris. But somebody has got to win this game, right? Somebody's taking a W. I, I just, yeah, it, it, this is still so stunning to me, uh, being where you are. I mean, I, I, I have, I know you and I have mentioned this to each other before, but I mean, you were, you were in a sold out arena in San Francisco seven months ago on the biggest stage, arguably there was against one of the best coaches in the sport. And it, it's, I mean, for, for the right to move to the, to the next weekend. Thought we were going to retire the guy. I, I know, and and he, and it's just, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's been like a shocking. I mean, and, and think about it in these terms. You mentioned the dates there. That bowl win that the Red Raiders had was really the last feel good moment that a Tech fan has had, and that that feels like it was years ago. Uh, I mean, and, and I guess technically it was last year make the dad uh, joke yes it was a year yeah it, it wasn't <laughs> but you know what i mean it feels it feels like it was a long long time ago and uh i just uh yes yeah, just been stunning uh a bit uh the the struggles here uh but that's that's the you know in a weird way this is the beauty of sports because you know you people try to predict it you think you have an idea of how things are going to go and then because I, I don't i don't think that last year for example when Mark Adams takes over, I don't know if you envision a, a team that just dominates University of Texas twice. You beat Baylor twice. You end up in the Sweet 16. And equally as much after you see this and you process this season and win 27 games, you're like, these dudes are legit. Like just seven, eight months later, you 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 see the, the wheels kind of come off. <laughs> right. I don't know any other way to phrase it uh, when you are the worst team in the Big 12. And – it, this is the same team that, say, three weeks ago, you you are just one shot, one play away from beating Kansas, Oklahoma, TCU. These are some of the best teams in the sport uh, to this point. And yet it just – I think now it's just kind of 
you know, and, and so I'm, I'm curious what, what you look like in Baton Rouge, uh, honestly, what, what, what kind of fight do you have? Because this is an LSU team that has kind of lost it as well. They just, they need something good to happen. They've lost seven in a row. They only scored 40 points uh, the other night versus Arkansas in their midweek game. But uh, the Red Raiders, especially if they're without Pop Isaacs, they'll really struggle to score. But, you know, because there's, there's no reinforcements on the way. Uh, there are no, this is, you, you've got who you've got and you've got to try to, you know, figure it out. And you don't have a lot of time in between games here uh, because you practiced yesterday. You, you're going to leave for Baton Rouge later today. Uh, and then you play early Saturday. And then you turn right around and you're playing Iowa State back in, in your building in Lubbock on Monday night at 8 o'clock. So, I mean, this is just – it's going to start coming fast and furious. And, you know, and nobody feels sorry for you at, at all. Uh, and I know that Texas Tech's been the butt end of many jokes out there from a lot of folks around the league and everything. But this has just been – it's been tough to watch as we, we talked about on yesterday's show. Yeah, get your shots in now. We're taking our medicine <laughs> out here in West Texas, but it's not going to last forever. Dear God – I hope. Uh, Chris, I guess, I mean, you mentioned Pop Isaacs. I'm just kind of assuming no reason to believe he would be on the floor, given yeah, what it looks like. Probably fair. Um, I, you know, I, I think, you know, Mark told me after the game, x-rays uh, at the time that we're, we're doing this, I have not heard any definitive word there on, on what that's going to look like. But yeah, odds are. Uh, you may not have Pop or you may not have uh, Fardaws, but we'll see. Maybe we get pleasantly surprised by one or both. Uh, and and the, the problem is, is like what, I, what I've learned going through these SEC challenges is that there's a lot of times when you you can just tell the Big 12 is better than the SEC in a lot of cases. But one thing that never without question, every time you roll up against because the Red Raiders have played Arkansas, they played Mississippi State, they played LSU, I'm trying to think of the various teams Auburn. you played. Yeah, Auburn. They always look the part. I mean, we're talking like, gosh, dang. They, I mean, so you, you look at LSU's roster, there's a lot of 6'10, a lot of 6'9, uh, a lot of size, a lot of age. You know, right now, I probably they're, they're struggling under a new coach with discipline and just shot making. And, you know, but their best player, KJ Williams, averages 17 and 7. He's, let's see here, he is 6'10, uh, yeah, just, yeah, 6'10, 250. So, I mean, that, that's that's their leading score and all that stuff. And, again, I, I like my chances there because you've been eaten up with guards and elite-level guards, uh, and, and that's what got you versus West Virginia. And I wouldn't call Joe Toussaint uh, an elite-level guard. He comes off the bench and just, just hammers you. But, again, that's what's been your problem. And, you know, LSU doesn't really f- uh, feature some of that, hence the reason they probably lost seven in a row. But, um, you know, when you were just there in the, in the, in the COVID year, uh, yeah. You were at LSU and you won that game. We've talked about that before. That was a that was a really good win for you at the time, and helped helped with your RPI and all those things. But at this point, it's not about anything about your resume. It's not about you know this Big Twelve SEC challenge or our league better than your league. This is just about your team trying to find some success, trying to see if there's fight left in them, trying to find something to feel good about at this point after getting run off the floor against the Mountaineers. Man, I'm kind of stunned looking at some of these LSU numbers, Chris, offensively. They are having trouble scoring the basketball, man. You look at some of these totals during this losing streak, 40, 56, 49, 66, 56, 56, and shooting not well from beyond the arc, not shooting great uh, from the field in general, as you would expect. Only 14 made field goals 
in their last outing. That was a season low. Um, I'm wondering, <laughs> I don't know what the over under total is, but I'm wondering uh, who's brave enough to bet the over on this one because these are two teams, man, that have just been uh, finding it really, really tough sledding on the offensive end of the floor. Yeah, and and I, I think obviously if you don't have pop, I mean you, you're gonna you're gonna really struggle to to score because w- when this particular team has been at its best, it's when those games when your offense you know is is being created by defense and transition when you kind of getting out and running and your defense is working for you, and but because the, the slower the game, the more that the these Red Raiders have struggled and Pop was the one guy in a half court set that again, as we've all seen, he just pulls the trigger at any point. And I think if if that is not available to you, there's really just not anybody that can create and do it. And you just look at these freshmen uh, and, and they've just all struggled to score. That's most specifically, yeah, they can set screens, maybe get involved defensively, rebound a little bit for you, but just to score, and it, it just takes a bit. And that's where I think that they're, you know, they've been just overwhelmed a bit. Uh, and, and I would say against LSU, this, I mean, size, athleticism, all that is there. They've, they've got a new coach in Matt McMahon who came from uh, uh, Murray State, I think. You know, Will Wade got caught up in all that FBI stuff and he, he was uh, he was let go. And so, <laughs> Honey, I just got caught up and all. I was out having a good weekend with the boys, and we just got caught up and all that FBI stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably phrased that wrong, but you know what I'm. You know he what loves I mean. the way you phrase that. Just got yeah, caught up. Yeah, that's, that's right. Up. Yeah, it's just uh, it was incidental contact. I, oh, by know. the way, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, but uh, it, and again, they had a really good non-conference schedule. But I just think you know, as conference play is hit, I mean, I think that reality sets in and. You know they've got some younger pieces on their team, but yeah, KJ Williams is uh, is their guy, uh, and he's a big. So uh, we'll we'll see. Again, this isn't anything about LSU or how you do in the challenge. And again, so we're clear, this is the last one of these. Uh, its ten year run will end uh, this Saturday night when it's all said and done. Uh, and and I think that you know the Big Twelve. The rumors are the Big Twelve has kind of been talking to the Big Ten about doing something like this. Going forward, I don't know anything's in place yet. Uh, I don't know if anything will, will uh, you know, uh, get done there. But that's kind of the talk because the SEC is going to group up with the ACC and have a, their own challenge. And they're I, I, oddly enough, they're actually going to move it to, I think, one of these first weeks in December. Uh, so uh, even the SEC is going to get away from this kind of one day in late January kind of format that ESPN kind of pitched and, and the, the two leagues went for it. But I would think from a, a challenge, I would think the big 12 would be very, very attractive, uh, especially if it's done, if it's done right. And maybe you can agree on an earlier timetable or whatever, but I think the big 10 would be a great partner there. All right. I'm anxious to see what's going to materialize as far as those series and anxious to see if Texas tech can get anything going uh, on the road, which sometimes can be a galvanizing setting for a team that's struggling and need to come together. You can kind of play up the us against the world thing and, uh, you know, a traveling band, nice road trip on the boys and whatnot. <laughs> I think we've all uh, experienced the benefit of that before. So looking forward to that. And of course, we'll be here to discuss it for better or worse on the other side of the weekend. What I want to discuss with you next, Chris, is is very difficult for me right now to even utter uh, these letters in this combination. I kind of feel like it could be a character building process. So I do feel like it's necessary. And it actually comes from one of our valued locked on Texas tech uh, listeners. 
Yeah, I Are you think ready I know for this? You, yeah, I know. I think I know what you're about Everybody to buckle up. Everybody be strong because uh, Andrea Propes has asked this question. Thanks for being out there, Andrea. Question. But first, today's episode brought to you by our brand new sports betting partner for the Locked On Podcast Network, FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here, and we are jacked about this new partnership with FanDuel because they're America's number one sports book. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. Got many great features making betting on sports fun and easy, even for a first-timer. New customers can join the day to get started with 150 bucks in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel's got all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props and more. Plus, you can even combine those bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay, baby. All on an app that's safe, secure, easy to use. Football fans or otherwise, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, right now at fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on and make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book partner of the NFL. Question, with the NCAA tournament out of the picture, she says, is the, is, I don't know if I can utter these letters, Chris. Okay, here we go. Be strong in three, two, one. Is the NIT tournament in the picture now? I don't even know if we have the privilege of mentioning the word tournament on this show, given where we are right now. Like maybe the NIT is looking down at us instead of us looking down at it. But where are we in this type of world? Because some of this is actually becoming reality. Yeah. And, you know, I, if, if, as I'm sitting here right now, uh, if you if you are a fan of this team or program, uh, I, I would say that if, if it's a legit conversation, a month, five weeks from now, I, I think they would have finished, you know, remarkably well to get into that conversation because I think people assume the, the NIT is, you know, hey, just, I mean, th there's really good teams that play in the NIT every year. They, they take, I think, 32 of them. Uh, but but there, there's some really good mid-majors and, and things like that. And then your mind has to be right, you know, for that setting because it's, right you know, the letdown of not making the real tournament. Cause I always say the NIT stands for not in the tournament. I mean, <laughs> it's just how it goes. Uh, it's hard to find it on TV. It's hard to get excited about it. There's a place for it because if you're building and you just need extra practice or, you know, extra just, you know, games for, for a younger team or whatever. Uh, I don't know, you know, I don't know what this team's mindset would be like four or five weeks from now, but if they've won enough games, to get to that point, I'd be willing to bet that that is something that they would potentially, you know, look at. But I, I remember being in Chris Beard's first year here, and I think you had a winning record and may have been in the conversation for the NIT, and I think they just declined it. Uh, I think that they – not that they were actually extended invitation, but I think it was like, no, we, we just we're, – we're, our season ends now. We're coming home from Kansas City. It's over. We don't want to – I don't want to further – this season with these players and this staff, whatever it was. Um, and so you just never know what mindset is going to be like because, you know, what does Kevin O'Banner think? How have you been playing up to that point? Is everybody for ready just to be over with? Because there's also the tournament too. You know, there's there's those two postseason tournaments, sure. NIT and the tournament. And so 
but but that's so far off the radar right now uh, that I just can't even. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you're you're five hundred, man. You're ten and ten, you know, and you're zero and eight in the league uh, entering this game versus LSU. You have a long way to go before you can realistically even even think about that. Uh, you need to start rattling them off, and based on what we've seen, that that's going to be quite uh, quite a task. Thanks a lot, Andrea. <laughs> Thanks a lot for the question and for listening to the show. But you, but you know what? I think that it tells you where your program is and where it's been in recent years that that question is asked. And I don't want to gloss over it in that you, you've really you, you've been on the mountaintop or you've been close to you've been climbing that mountain. You've been I mean, you played in front of seventy five thousand people for, for a national championship four years ago. You know, you've been to an Elite Eight. You've been to multiple Sweet 16s. I mean, you you, you have been, you know, a, a fun program, uh, and it's just kind of gotten away from you here in the last month. And it's just shocking, again, that uh, – but I, I, I appreciate somebody thinking, surely they'll get it turned. I mean, they were just ranked in the top 25, what, four or five weeks ago. You know, so, um, I mean, how, how long ago does Maui feel? I mean, when you're, you know, you're, you're looking for some resume wins and padding your resume for the tournament and all this thing, it's just like, goodness. I mean, so I, I, I get the mindset, uh, and that's where you want the mindset to be. Postseason should be the expectation, absolutely. Uh, because right now you've gotten to the point where you getting the NCAA tournament is like, that's the expectation. That's just what you're supposed to do. At least get in and then see what happens. But, you know, right now that feels like a long ways off as, as you ask that now. It is certainly a reminder. It can uh, go away very quickly, and you never know when it'll come back, Chris, because I remember oh, there's no know, feeling like Tubby Smith was a miracle worker in some ways when they just qualified for the tournament. Just had the privilege of being beaten in the first round of the tournament. I, I'm like, wow. And I thought, it was the, I thought it was the coolest thing, too, because, I mean, <laughs> I, I had seen it at its absolute worst. The Billy Gillespie, the Chris Walker stuff, yeah. you know, watching Tubby kind of take it and then take that, that group with – Zach Smith and Keenan, and, and they were younger at the time. Todrick Gosher. Yeah, Todrick, and, and trying to squeeze and scratch and claw for everything you could get. And they won they won five games a row, five games in a row in that, that last season that Tubby was here to put them in a position for an NCAA tournament bid. And then you end up on in that 8-9 game. And I was like, this is awesome. I mean, you know, th- this is this is good stuff. Uh, and and you lose to Butler early on a Thursday, and I was like, dang, I didn't feel like we were even in the tournament. You're like done before the whole thing even gets started, but still, it was progress. And then he leaves. Uh, then he leaves, and then Chris, the first year, squeezed everything he could out of that group, but it just wasn't – there wasn't a lot of good culture in place. And then, you know, anyway, he slowly built it. And uh, it's just, yeah, again, the, the whole rise, and I don't want to say fall just yet, but that's just where you're headed, obviously, is at 0 and 8. But yeah, I, I get the question. It's just, it's hard to, it's hard to hear it, I guess, in some ways, but that's the reality of where you're at right now. Well, and I apologize. It's my fault. It probably would have been easier to hear it <laughs> if I would have taken advantage of the opportunity to use my Jim Mora voice when saying the word tournament? Playoffs? Are you kidding me? <laughs> tournament. <laughs> and I missed that opportunity. So, that's my bad. Yes, you have been to the top of the mountain. You've seen it at least, a uh, national runner up, and now you're tumbling back down like Hank Williams Jr. But I'm just thinking, man, Hank Williams Jr. wrote all his best songs after he crashed down from that mountain and had to have a new face stitched up. All right, so you never know what's on the other side of the tumble. So keep hope 
alive. Someone has said that before on this program. <laughs> Thanks for and, the question, Andrea. And I just go, I just look at like the, the the opposite of what has happened. And we don't know the end of the story really in either case, but you just think to Kansas State last year. It's like Kansas State and Texas Tech have, have passed each other in the night going the wrong direction. Right. I mean, Kansas State, I mean, it, it, Bruce Weber was on the hot seat all season last year. Um, and they, they lose early in Kansas City. I mean, within hours, days, he is removed. You, you, you hire Jerome Tang. They're picked to finish last in the Big 12 before the season starts. We all know where they're at right now. They're at or near the top of the Big 12 standings, ranked in the top 10 going into this week. And, you know, so in the portal and in the transfer, with the transfers being what you can, you can fix things a lot quicker than you used to could when you don't have to like slow build and and all those things. So just because it's like this now doesn't mean it has to stay like this. And I go back to yesterday's show and Mark Adams indicated that we're going to get older and get in the portal and all those things. I mean, they've got to take a long, hard look at the way that they construct the roster uh, for next season. Uh, but you can you can luckily fix it uh, much easier and much quicker. Now, everybody else gets to fix what, what they're working on, too. But if you if you if you put the right pieces in place, then it can be fixed much quicker. But that's much easier said than done. Tournament. God, I hope we win another game. Oh, man, that was I'm, the shot, and it didn't go down all that smooth. But how about the chaser coming up? Patrick Mahomes, can we talk? <laughs> Our guy Patrick to chase this all and wash it down as we head into the weekend. Let's get to Patrick Mahomes. Let's get to the National Football League, and let's get to the playoffs. Coming up next on Locked on Texas Tech. Great to have you along for the ride on Locked On at Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network with Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan coming to you from west of the 100th Meridian where it's really going down in the great state. Always great to be a part of your day and your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Subscribe if you haven't yet on YouTube. I hadn't wanted to mention it. I don't want to scare it off like a fawn in the wild. I'm trying to approach it very cautiously, quietly, humbly, Chris, but... 2,500 within sight. Seems like just, you know, yesterday, hell, we were just boys looking for a 1,000 subscribers, <laughs> and now we're cooking on to 2,500. So thank you to all who have saddled up, especially during this difficult time called basketball season. Misery loves company, and I love having your company. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, are, are, do I hear you saying that Locked On has some hair on their chest now? We're like, grizzled. Okay, we're a little grizzled at okay. this point. Yeah. Got, a little, got a little stubble going. Yeah, starting to become a man. Developing some crow's feet a little bit going through this uh, going through this basketball season. But thank you. As you can tell, I mean it very sincerely because I'm using prayer hands of gratitude on YouTube if you're watching. And that's why you should watch on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube. Tell somebody else to subscribe on YouTube. We appreciate it. Wrapping this week up, wrapping this show up with thoughts on our guy, Patrick Mahomes, National Football League postseason ongoing. And then essentially for guys like us, because, well, our team has gone fishing, so to speak, boils down to a prominent Red Raider, I think, that's still pretty easy to root for, Chris. And uh, I don't know how banged up the dude is, but he's hobbled. And I got to say, if it wasn't Patrick Mahomes, if it was a mere mortal, <laughs> yeah. you might be thinking about a guy missing some time, but... I'm not going to sell him short. I guess we'll wait and see at what percentage exactly uh, he's going to be playing at. 
I, I just I don't envision the Chiefs playing in the Super Bowl if Chad Henney is is quarterbacking the Chiefs uh, over the weekend. Uh, but you know, Pat has played with it's, it's a high ankle sprain, which these are. I mean, depending on how severe it is, and and I don't, they're not going to tell anybody that. Only only Pat and and the, probably a select few within the Chiefs really probably know. Uh, they're extremely painful, and it could be anywhere from six to eight weeks. You know, if it's if it's bad enough of one, uh, but you know, you're right. He's gonna he's gonna play on it. It appears I'll be shocked if he doesn't at least give it a shot. And sure. what 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 you what you concern yourself with though is that he's he lacks all the things that make him good, and that's his mobility, uh, ability to extend plays, and, and all those things. Because he's just as good as anybody really the game has ever seen on the move with his creativity and his arm strength and all those things. But if he's a sitting duck, I mean, it, it, uh, you know, because BJ Simmons is one of the guys that had this one of the strongest arms for the Red Raiders years and years ago, and when he was playing on that ACL. It's just like you can only get so much on that arm strength when you don't have uh, your, your wheels under you. But uh, they're just, a what, a, I think a one-point favorite. And I don't think they've ever, or, or Mahomes hasn't, hasn't ever beaten uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals. What is it? It's like 3-0 and or 4-0. and I can't remember how many times they've played, but it's uh, it's all been wins for the Bengals. It's a one-point. I think Vegas has the Chiefs as a one-point favorite. So uh, they seem to think that Mahomes is going to play or at least give it a shot. So... We'll see, and I know most of of the tech fan base is certainly rooting for the Chiefs. I do, I fully admit, I love watching Joe Burrow play in the Bengals. I, I, he he fascinates me. He's really good uh, at what he does. I like his swagger, and you know, again, Pat, as you mentioned, so easy to root for too. Uh, and I don't really care about the NF, uh, NFC game now that the Cowboys aren't in it. So I just want to make I, that clear. I can't I, root for the Eagles though. No, man, I've, yeah. I've got to be all AFC or bust. There's no there way. There you go. That's a good hell, way to put it. You know, yeah. I mean, and I just do because as a kid, I was always infatuated with the Bengals helmets for some reason. I just do like to generally Icky, see the Bengals. Icky Woods. Yes. Yeah. Like Icky Woods back in the day. Icky and uh, Sam Weish, right? Yeah, there you go. You don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati. Quit throwing shit on the field. <laughs> One of the all-time microphone moments. I admire that uh, as a broadcaster. So there's some things to like there. But yeah, no, it's Patrick or Bust, and it's still just very, very difficult to kind of reconcile, Chris. At least it is to me uh, what Patrick Mahomes has done in still such a kind of short amount of time. I know he's not like, you know, just a spring chicken out there necessarily, but he's what, 27 or 28 years old, I think. And to think about the things that he's accomplished, man. And yeah. I, I really feel like, you know, sometimes it's overstated what he has to do uh, with his body um, as far as like him being a dual threat guy or something. I just think he's very crafty, which, I mean, does put him in some dangerous spots, obviously. But in being crafty, you know, those kind of guys also, I kind of feel like have a knack for avoiding, you know, the greatest impact or whatever it might be. Does that make sense? I, I just feel like he's always been crafty, shifty, you know, whatever way you want to describe it, because he's not like lightning quick or fast or anything like that, but he certainly is elusive. And you know, no matter what body position the dude is in at any given time, he'd be standing on his freaking head. The howitzer on his arm is always ready to fire. And that's how 
exactly what really makes him special. Yeah, the wrist, the wrist flick, the just whatever. Yeah, yeah he, he's just one of those guys. He, in, in some ways, he reminds you of kind of the way Wes Welker played it, and that you knew Wes wasn't going to win many races, but you put him in a football uniform, hand him a football, it's like, guess what? You're not catching him because yeah, Pat always understands angles. He's got he understands leverage, yes. and and again, he's not this freak athlete, but he is a freak. Uh, and uh, you just can't, you know, nobody ever gets a clean shot on him just because of, of how quick and, you know, smart he is with, with angles and leverage and all those different things. But, uh, yeah, I, ho- I hope he at least gets, uh, you know, get, gets a couple of days of, of rest over the weekend and kind of give it a go. Uh, I don't know what that will look like or how long it will last. I think you need to be prepared for all all different, you know, things uh, this weekend because you just don't know. He gets – you know, because that Bengals defense is pretty good. I mean, they oh, yeah. they shut down Josh Allen and the Bills and humbled them quite a bit. And they've obviously had uh, the Chiefs' number to a certain extent over the, these these recent games as they've gotten the win every time. And they've always Chiefs have always led a lot of the bulk of these games, and the Bengals always come back and win them. Uh, I saw a stat the other day. I think that. Uh, you know, that there was double digit leads by the Chiefs in a lot of these games, too. And they just, and the Bengals always just seemingly figure out a way to, to win it at the end. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what we get. But hopefully he plays, he plays well and he, you know, represents himself well. And that's the thing, man. When, when you're trying to make a playoff run, it's sometimes it's about luck as much as anything. Sure. You know, who's healthy? You know, who, who's, because it's like, you know, going back to the Cowboys against the 49ers. If they'd have, if they'd have pulled it off against the 49ers, I just don't know of how much hope they have if you're trying to play the Eagles without Tony Pollard. You know, yeah. I mean, and so, you know, and 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 maybe straight up, if, if Pat's ankle is healthy, this may not. I mean, maybe, maybe the Chiefs can run away from uh, the Bengals. I, I don't know, but uh, it's just that's part of uh, these playoff runs too, man. It's just about being lucky and good. Uh, you and I got to see Patrick Mahomes as the uh, most recent. Jones Stadium, yes. Texas Tech football ring of honor inductee uh, over this previous seat. That was that was the Baylor game. Damn, I was going to say Oklahoma. That was the freaking Baylor. It was the Baylor game. Okay, forget about the rest of that game, but the halftime yeah. show, uh, those festivities were enjoyable. And I think you just mentioned the guy, Chris. Like, when you talk ring of honor for Texas Tech, there are so many great candidates and arguments that have to be ignored because you can only choose one or a pair or whatever they do. But there's so many deserving, I know, fan favorites and things like that. But I'm the guy that's talking into the microphone right now, so I'm going to give you my guy. You already mentioned him as far as who's next on the list. To me, Wes Welker, and I know nothing about the criteria as far as you have to have (laughs) these achievements, All-Americans, these ribbons, blah, blah, blah. But to me, Wes Welker would be a fine next selection. Do you have any easy choices for who might follow follow Pat in some years to come? Welker belongs in that conversation for sure. The only other two names that that, uh, jump to the forefront uh, to me – is Graham Harrell and Byron Hansbard. Uh, I think those two gentlemen certainly deserve uh, all kinds of recognition. And I, I just, uh, I've, I've on record and as good as Michael Crabtree was, I just don't think there's a Michael Crabtree without Graham Harrell. Um, there's been plenty of really good receivers. I mean, you think about how many elite level young receivers that come into the NFL that we're seeing like the Jeffersons and the Diggses and the, uh, I mean, uh, on and on it goes. It's just a long list, and we didn't really hear much of them from college because they didn't play with a quarterback that was as accurate as as Graham Harrell. Um, in the biggest play of, of Michael Crabtree's career, it's an unbelievable accurate back shoulder uh, by Graham Harrell, and he was. I think he had, he has got a lot of the, the the criteria that you're looking for. 
to to be in, in the Ring of Honor, and he's one of the best players that's ever played in this program. You just you can't tell the story of Texas Tech football without Graham Harrell. Bottom line, and he was, you know, I firmly believe that. And then and I think Byron Hansbard, back when everybody knew you were running the ball and you could just say, hey, we're going to run this way, and they were handed to him, you're running this way, and you still couldn't stop him. Uh, I, I think you know, and, and you know, and I get the the fact that. Uh, you know, his last semester and there was a GPA issue and all that stuff. I really don't care about a lot of that stuff that, that this is just my opinion. I think uh, he, he didn't, he didn't break any rules or laws or whatever. He was just ineligible. So he declared for the draft. Uh, but I think was he one of the best college football players that year and really in your program's history. Absolutely. He, he's definitely a name that comes up very quickly after I think about a guy like uh, Wes Welker. And I, I know there are guys you know, apologies to everybody playing before color television because I know I'm missing some. <laughs> I know I'm missing some, but we've only yeah. got the window that is our window. But uh, I'll be curious to see maybe who's going to follow that up as uh, Patrick yeah. Mahomes became the, uh, the latest to get his name slapped on the wall, which was always an aspiration of one Master P. And if it's good enough for P, it's good enough for me. Love wrapping up the week with the unintentional rhyme master being in the building. Chris, it's been a hell of a week, my man, but we've gotten through it together. Uh, once again, a little group therapy, good for all of us, I think, from time to time. So uh, thanks for your time and your part in it, man. Appreciate it. Enjoy the weekend, people. Uh, better times ahead. Must be. It's been a rough week, but <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll all get through it together. Keep hope alive for real this time. That's for right. Yeah. That's right. And join us on the other side for another rousing edition of Locked On Texas Tech. Thanks for making it your first listen each weekday, and we hope that you'll make Locked On College Basketball your second listen, brand new podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network covering all things college hoops. Available on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. That's Locked On College Basketball right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. For Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. We'll see you next time on Locked On Texas Tech.